0: Alright it's Liam, I want to thank everyone at the Oasis Podcast. As you were
1: Hello and welcome back to the Oasis podcast, the ultimate audio guide to Oasis. I hope you guys are all right. We've got a really cool episode for you today. I think you guys are going to really, really like this one. Uh, The interview is with Cam and Chris from Jet. Uh, Jet, the Australian band that um, supported Oasis and had massive hits with likes of uh, Are You Going to Be My Girl. Um, Great band. And this was brilliant. It was uh, a Zoom call we had. Um, Chris was in uh la and cam was in australia and i was in the uk and we're sort of it it was cool it was just like a little kind of mini sort of revival of the two guys from jet hadn't seen each other for ages and i was sort of just sat there in the background really just enjoying having them chat onto each other so it was really really good fun they're such cool guys and um yeah and also very exciting um cam sent me over a track that's never been uh heard before which is this is like a, a unmixed version of it but you hear it later from his band uh, already gone so i play quite a chunky clip of it in the episode but it's really really good and this is the only place you can hear it right now um make sure you follow in the guys on instagram that's the place to be for all their sort of new music whether it be their own stuff or then when jet come back um the links are in the description of the episode Um, nothing huge going on in the world of Oasis. We're still waiting to hear sort of what's happening with this Record Store Day release. Um, Is it a best of? It looks like it probably is a best of. Um, That kind of leaked a few days ago that um, it looks like a, a best of, but it's still not been announced as of the evening of the 22nd of April when I'm recording this. We still don't know what's going to happen with the Nebworth anniversary, if there is going to be a film or something coming out. Uh, We don't know what's happening with Noel's video, uh, whatever happened with that. We don't know what's happening with the Mind Games cover that Noel posted a little clip of. Come on, guys, give us a bit more. Um, We have had it confirmed that Liam's playing Transmit. Uh, We've had it confirmed that there's a documentary uh, that Noel's doing for Sky Arts coming out, which is like a, um, a performance that he's doing at the London Duke of York Theatre. Um, which is going to apparently be 10 tracks spanning his career in uh, Noel Gallagher's like High Flying Birds and Oasis. And he talks about significant moments in his own life and career. So it should be really good. Um, but yeah, we are just waiting for confirmation of a lot of this stuff as as the world gets back to normal in some way. Um, I had a very cool thing happen to me this week, uh, which is that the brilliant Ryan Harvey paid for a cameo from Matt Morgan of the Matt Morgan podcast uh, fame. Um, But we're not going to talk about that today because uh, I still want to see if something happens from it. Um, Only a couple of days ago, nothing's happened yet, and I want to get the whole story from Ryan. So we'll probably talk about that next time. But for now, without any further ado, let's cross over to my interview now with uh, Cam and Chris from Jet.
0: I said, are you going to be my girl?
2: It was because of Dave Sardi, really, I think. Uh, Well, what we had Get Born, the producer on uh, Get Born was Dave Sardi, Um, and what I heard allegedly is that Noel heard the record and loved, like, particularly the way it sounded, you know, the production, Um, and so they made their Don't Believe the Truth record with Dave Sardi. Um, And Noel actually told me... um, one night was it me and you cam that snuck into that show no it wasn't it was like some show they were doing anyway um we snuck in me and maybe it was mark or louis i can't remember now god it was a pretty messy tour for me cam wasn't drinking as much or at all right i don't think so you were like you you probably should ask him all the questions probably remembers everything (laughs) um but anyway, I was going to say so when I met Noel, you know, he he was super. I, I was really impressed with how sort of chill he was and like, you know, uh, conversational. And uh, he told me that like he loved the sound of Get Born. And, you know, he's like, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we wanted to work with Dave. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, I guess, yeah, we ended up on, on two with each other. I don't know who took the call or whatever. I suppose uh, Marcus got in touch with our manager and we were asked and um, I I guess we thought it was a good idea. So we off we we went. There were two tours. There was one on the East Coast and then there was a small break and there was one on the West Coast. Um, And it was also that same year where all the hurricanes were going nuts. Um, You know, uh, after Katrina, there was a a series of hurricanes, which is part of, like, probably the best story that I know of that tour, actually. Um, But there you go. So I think that's sort of how... I mean, me personally, I've, I've been an Oasis fan my entire life. So when I got that phone call from one of our managers, I was super excited. I don't know how the other guys felt about it, but I was super pumped. And uh, yeah, I mean, just getting to watch them play every night for shit, I don't know. The whole total was probably about seven weeks when you put them both together.
1: Yeah,
2: um, yeah it, was pretty, it was great. It was, it was a real fun time.
1: about you guys for for me growing up in the uk i'm born 1980 so i'm right in like the the, you know your generation and so like you were on the first wave of bands that was my age right and so it was really exciting that you know oh these guys are coming through but they're my age and so you've also got then the first wave of bands that grew up as oasis fans you know and and i think that 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 was really cool to hear that first set of bands that you think you know I, i think these guys you know, were influenced by Oasis, actually. And, and I can, I think you can, uh, I don't think it's it's like really, really obvious. Like a, some of the UK bands, it is obvious. I mean, obviously your, your sound, especially Get Born, had a lot more kind of, you know, American influences and, and sort of that more like rock and roll sort of sound. But but yeah, I mean, from what I've read, it was a lot of 60s and 70s bands, but then also like UMI were a big, big influence. But But were you also... Kind of, I know. I've, I know you guys know Davey Lane, who I've interviewed before, who, who I'm sort of quite in touch with, who was in UMI and sort of similar. He's a huge
2: going. Oasis? fan. He's, he's a massive Oasis fan. Yeah. I know Davey. Davey and I share that in common, like we both love Oasis. But Cam, you should probably jump in, man. Because yeah, uh, I, well, I feel like your memory of it's probably
3: better than mine. But
2: like, I was, I was personally really excited. I'll, I'll, will
3: leave it there. I was like, I talk excited. about, I mean, my first knowledge of like oasis when in you know I guess what did we talk in the mid 90s or you know and Chris was super excited you remember him showing me the sort of Nedworth sort of concert uh, and just like the, the sea of people you know and going this is massive you know this is rock and roll you know and and it was exciting and um I guess as well like before that it was like the verb and you sort of got this sense of like the, this northern thing happening and obviously not growing up in the UK we weren't exactly sure but we could see it was a different flavor you know what i mean that the sort of you know i guess uh richard Ashcroft walking down the street and bumping into p there's a sort of like um, you know i don't know if it's macho or it's sort of like
0: the
3: rock and roll attitude came back it yeah was, it's an attitude thing
0: yeah. You
3: know? yeah yeah and um no nonsense you know what i mean and and then oasis comes and they bring sort of this acerbic wit as well and sort of the sort of you know so this attitude of, you know, taking the mick out of people and being, you know, irreverent and funny and and then also being um, this massive band they, they came to Australia and they were sort of, I think afterwards they even said to us, like, we were terrible tour, we were off our heads, and, you know, they came back to do Big Day they Out. Got arre-
2: they, they got arrested when they, they, they actually got arrested when they landed in Melbourne. Yeah, they got into some argument in the first class lounge and, like, we're... You know, I don't know. I can't allege what happened, but I know that the police were there when they landed and they walked off the plane lit up with all the paparazzi and shit going like this. And I was just looking at the TV, eating my cornflakes, going, Who the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, that was the first time I ever saw them. I I didn't even, I think, I don't think I'd even heard their music. I saw that first and I was just like, Oh shit.
4: The bad boys of rock continue to live up to their name. Oasis has flown into Australia straight into controversy. Brothers Liam and Noel Gallagher accused of harassing staff and passengers on their flight into Perth. The airline is threatening to ban the group. Federal police have been asked to investigate. 300 screaming fans waiting for one British rock group with a growing reputation oh, as bands. i have meet that f***ing captain again with his chop off on the plane. See that? I've got sight in here. Oasis arrived in Perth last night for the start of their Australian tour ignoring adoring fans with a trademark content. <laughs> While their egos would fit into a truck, Tarago's took them away. But today they couldn't escape claims of shocking behaviour on the flight from Hong Kong to Perth. It
1: was like a flight from hell.
4: Passengers from the Cathay Pacific flight say the band's behaviour was dangerous, forcing the captain to intervene. They were throwing things at passengers. They were abusive. They were um, disgusting towards the air um, crew. As the band members played tourists at Rotnest, lead singer Liam Gallagher couldn't resist having his say about the flight. I don't give a flying like Captain it because I'll tell you kids, I'd rather walk. Which is just what the band might be doing, because Cathay Pacific is demanding a good behaviour guarantee before allowing the band back on board. The whole that prompted thing. this yeah, threat talking. to the Cathay oh, Pacific oh, okay. captain. Yeah, and he told me to shut my mouth, and I'm, like, I'm like, this is fine, because yeah. I like that. Who told you to shut your mouth? Some panhead. who wants to stab him. with a pickaxe. That's enough. That's enough.
1: That's really...
4: The Dawkins are taking their complaints to the Federal Police.
1: I'm surprised that one that they weren't taken away by uh, the federal police when they arrived uh, at the airport because if it had
3: been you or I carrying on like that, I'm damn sure that that's exactly where we would have ended up with in jail.
4: Deborah Bishop, News
3: Like when first meeting them in, in the flesh and you know like going on tour with them, you've got all this sort of built up stuff about you know what I mean? The sort of you know the splashy headlines and tabloids and and all the and all the stuff and then you're going to meet him and novels like very conversational as you're saying just really polite and <laughs> and like he's he's got his wit there man don't don't get me wrong he's he's, he's you no know, puppy dog but i mean he's he was very welcoming you know and cool yeah and, super and
2: super not like easy to talk to like i was saying before um but you know i mean you couldn't get more opposite than Nolan and liam i thought it was really interesting to i kind of i don't know if you noticed this cam but i sort of noticed that that they were never really in the same room at the same time it was almost like a scooby-doo act it was kind of like yeah backstage right like yeah you know, we yeah. had this huge jet had this huge uh two turn table like flight case packed full of vinyl records and these massive speakers and we used to wheel it backstage And that would be kind of like our warm up. We would warm up, and so often the party ended up back in our uh, in our dressing room, which was kind of funny. But it's funny when I think back. I'm like, I remember talking to Noel like often, and I remember talking to Liam often. But like, I don't. I feel like they were never in the same room at the same time. I've heard Um, that. I don't know if that was deliberate or.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've heard that from a lot of other tri- uh, uh, uh bands that played with them. That, that it wasn't like, a, sure. you know, like a, a sort of specific thing. You know, Liam will eat from seven twelve to seven twenty six. You know, it wasn't like
2: that. No, no, it no, just... no. It's
1: just. I think. I think it's just you. If you're in a band with
2: with the same people for, geez, I don't know at that point how long they'd been together, but you know, what I mean, you you've got to have breaks from it. You got to, you know, you. You gotta have your own time to like, you know, you know. So I think he probably just was had had enough. You know, it was a long. They were together for a long time. He'd probably just sort of had enough of that whole touring life, make a record, go on tour, go all around the world, um, etc. And you need you need your space sometimes. You know. So anyway, yeah. who knows what goes on? I t- I'll tell you one funny thing. I texted him last night. Um, And I sent him like some artwork. I sent him actually a picture of a brutalist structure from Eastern Europe that it's just really like sort of eye popping. And I sent it to him and he wrote back, (laughs) he wrote wrote back, is that your new studio? (laughs) It's, It's like 50 stories high. Like you know, the cars are tiny down the bottom. I'm like, of course not, but like, you know, he just pulls stuff out like, like on the regular, just straight off like that, you know, pretty, pretty quick, quick witted.
1: That's cool. So that's you've got quite a nice little relationship then that you will just sort of ping text occasionally. I I, I I don't bug him, but like you know, I'll I'll send
2: him like stuff that I really like or something that I think is cool, and you know, he always has something funny to say
1: about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and the band name as well, the Mystic Mystic Knights of Amnesia.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Which he didn't even remember because like he gave it to me a couple of years prior and then we, we, we forgot about it. And then we were like, Oh God, remember Mystic Nights of Amnesia. So I, then I texted him, this is two years after he had told me, I texted Mystic Knights of Amnesia to him and he wrote back, Holy shit. That's amazing. Is that the name of your band? <laughs> like I he didn't remember that he had already sent it to me. So, but um. Yeah, so it's funny because we were actually talking about that uh, last night. Because I tried to send a vinyl to him, and I was like, "I can- and I said, I cannot believe you don't own a vinyl player." And he and he goes, "Don't need one." <laughs> 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 Un- unsentimental. <laughs> yeah, not- that's a good characterization. He is unsentimental. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't think he's ever been too bothered about you know, all, all the different versions and remixes and remasters. I think he's always just thought, well, it's a song. A song is a song, you know, and, and it wouldn't really matter Like to the him. Red Album
2: and the Blue Album are the only two Beatles albums you need, you know, like, yeah. you know, he used to say that, like, just the hits. Why would you bother with all that stuff? <laughs> and
3: that's actually a good thread to pick up on. Like, like you said, that maybe our first record, definitely it didn't sound like Oasis, um, but we're probably drawing from some of the same influences in that we love we're Beatles fans and I don't know how much they were Stones fans, probably much more Beatles obviously, but the, the songwriting thing, you know, the melody thing, the sort of that being the sort of, yeah, being able to like bang it out on an acoustic guitar and it works. Like, you know, we're not talking tech, we're not talking textures. We're not talking synths. We're not talking, you know, we're like much more just, you know, you could sit around with an acoustic guitar and play it to someone and there's a song. So we probably at that time definitely uh that was our ethos that was you know where we come from
1: I think the second album has got a bit more of an Oasis-y feel to it, I think.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think, you know, Bring It On Back uh, has a little bit of a kind of a similar feel or a tempo, you know. Mm. Oasis do this really good rolling tempo. Ding, 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 ding.
3: It's kind of I was going like, dirge. I was going to say dirge but it's not that low. It's kind of a little bit... It's split the difference, you know, like yeah, right, yeah, right. rolling and 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 you know, sort of bigger, you sort gotta of. Got
2: to roll with it. You got to <laughs> take
0: your chances. Like- the other
3: day. It's really like I was actually I was listening to it. This guy was walking out. I Was at this uh this boxing uh fight. I was at this fight, and this guy used used it as his walkout song. This Irish oh, really? fight, and, yeah, and super, it was super sonic. And and I was just like, man, this is so back, you know what I mean? It's really like slow, and he sort of, you know, you came out. Everyone's heads right. were blown.
2: Maybe getting drunk, I don't really wanna know. Getting drunk, goddamn girls, getting drunk, I just wanna fly. It's it's all they're all in that kind of thing. So I think a couple of the tracks on uh, on uh, Shine On had that kind of thing. Like there was another one called Come On, Come On that was like kind of a bit little in that zone but to be honest with you you know we sort of were trying to we were fighting against that a lot of the time I feel like um you know I, I would have done things differently but you know I don't want to get into that but like it's, it's what what's done is done the record is the record and whatever but uh but yeah you know I guess you could sort of draw compa- par- uh, parallels but I agree with what Cam said I think it's more that we share influences in common than yeah. it is like sitting there, because, because I can't honestly, and Cam, you could like say you could, what do you reckon? But, uh, you know, I feel like Nick, Mark, you you guys didn't really like, like grow up as massive Oasis fans really. So as far as songwriting goes, you know, that was probably a, not a thing for you. You know, you were listening to other stuff.
3: Yeah, to be fair, probably probably true. I was sort of like by the time you know, like you were getting into them, it was my main um, sort of avenue into seeing them, and and I was probably more towards the end of my teens, you know what I mean? So I was like on right. a different trip, and like like you said, uh, James, kind of listening to local groups and and more, you know, the Australian sort of what was happening there, and. Um, you know, so there's a bit of like sort of Australian rock and roll sort of stuff in our in our in our DNA, like Easy Beats and um, you know, loved ones, loved ones, yeah, um, right, yeah, the loved ones, Easy Beats, the loved ones, yeah, that, that's yeah. a good shout.
2: Uh, the loved ones are a, a really cool band that sort of went uh, largely under the radar, but really cool if you're the kind of person that wants that likes like like really cool
3: sort of 60s garage rock. There's bands, Like if you hear the Nuggets stuff, you know, the old Aussie Nuggets stuff, you know, um, you know, we were trying for that often because it's just like a really authentic Australian rock and roll sound that came out of us. And, you know, sometimes Australians were playing catch up a lot, you know, even like the old vinyls used to take two months to land in Australia, even up until the 80s. Like so sometimes Australians are in that sense of just not being uh, in, in the moment of the, the the big moment where it all broke yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. they can look at pictures in the magazines of the Ramones but didn't know what they sounded like or well, they maybe they guessed but yeah, I think that a lot of that Australian rock it, it, it is sometimes it's weird and, and it can be you know different because it, it, it's sort of being it's like the the, the the wombat or something you know it's it's in it's cut off from the rest of the world so it turns out super fucking weird you know or the platypus probably you know. More like that
2: like clash record Sandinista, which I which apparently didn't didn't really go nuts everywhere else, but in Western Australia, it was like a huge record. Really. You know you know like I think you know, well, Perth's um, one of the most isolated major cities in the world. It's like the nearest city is what probably Adelaide or Melbourne, and then and then going the other way, it's Johannesburg, I think. In South Africa so like the, it's super remote out there so things take hold anyway getting sidetracked I'm just getting a, a glass of water I can hear you guys
1: though don't worry go for it well um Cam while we've got you I was going to say what about as a uh as, as a guitar player as well like with mm-hmm. your you know Noel Gallagher as a guitar player and that that general with that guitar sound with bonehead and then when Gem became part of the band obviously when you were touring it was the it was like the Noel and Gem dual guitar thing I mean what was your thoughts yeah, about yeah. that
3: I, uh, you know, I've never been much of a solo player until recently, actually. Well, not that I play solos, but I, I, feel, I feel like it should always, uh, I'm not, I, I think, no, I think Oasis would be on board with this. You know, I'm, I'm not into like solos for solos' sake, the sort of masturbatory blues inspired, you know. That's, I'm just, a, that's oh, an I'm American a, thing, you know. Yeah. That's, yes. not, I mean, no, plenty, plenty of British, you know, blues. You know, but here's the thing, like, Eric Clapton and stuff, you know, early days, that was searing stuff, you know, like stuff from like um, John Mayer and the Blues Breakers and stuff, like that was fantastic because they were so integral to the music. But I think it obviously became a thing where everyone, every guitarist felt like, oh, now I need to solo for five minutes. And it would be really like just uh, like masturbatory, as I said. But, but, um, yeah, so I feel like I approach it, and so it has to be a, a slave to the song it has to mean something it has to be there and i think that you know generally Noel solos are, tend to be towards this the, the like much more melodic and more repeating a theme you know it's a melody it's something that, that is that is in there to be another hook for the ear you know what i mean yeah. and so uh i i that's the sort of soloing i, I tend to you know I enjoy because it, it sort of comes in and it, and, it, and, it you know, provides another layer of melody. And so, yeah, you know, that would be my thoughts on, <laughs> on, the, on the guitar, you know, other than just sort of the broad sweeping sort of the way they play chords and the way that it's sort of like a background wallpaper often to, you know, the sound of the music. It is like a texture really because it's sort of mm-hmm. layered rock guitars, which is definitely like it provides... You know that's underneath, and then like Liam's voice cuts over the top, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I, uh, that the, the record Don't Believe the Truth sounded amazing, like Noel talked about, you know, and Dave gets Dave Sardi, he's, he's getting plugs on this one, um, <laughs> he gets amazing guitar sounds. I know, pop- good, so many plugs, so many plugs. <laughs> Part of that is like he lines up well with us, he lined up like five cabs in the room, and they're all mic'd, and there are room mics, and then there are like three or five like heads. I don't know, if you know, the amplification. So you've got the cabinet, which is the speaker, and then you've got the amplifier the head on top. And then about five of that, and then they're all he can plug them and 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 basically turn them all up as well and just play them all or two or three together. And you get these sort of uh harmonics buzzing off each other, creating new swirling sort of you know things happening in the room. And they sound fucking great. And you can also turn them up super loud. So the guitars and don't believe the truth sound great. If if I go back to Get Born as well, the guitars—you know—knows how to get a guitar sound.
2: Yeah, so I, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I think like um, I mean personally, I th- I feel like guitar wise, that is their best sounding record. Mm-hmm. Um, you're totally right. Like it like it, it really kind of gave. I think Noel a better platform even than what he had before, you know, some really cool stuff. And also the record was just different. There were kind of more riffs on it and just like strummy chords, strummy chords, like, which was more their previous kind of zone, Um, drum like drum wise I I mean you know I I um, when we when we did tour with them Zach Starkey was playing drums and it was incredible watching him every night he's an he's an incredible drummer and uh, and he's and he's also uh, like a a really sweet guy and um, we got along really well I used to watch him every night too Um, you know I think for Oasis for me personally is more about the songs than the individual sort of efforts of the musicians to outplay yeah. each other very different to a band like sort of like a led zeppelin where everybody's just like oh damn did you hear that bass line holy shit the drum was on fire wow listen to jimmy page solo yeah these guys are virtuosos it's more like a soul it's more like a soul thing you know mm. um northern soul or something like that you know uh what they do is like you know, and and often when I'm explaining Oasis to my American friends who, you know, they obviously know them and stuff, but like, I don't think they really understand. I don't think you can really understand Oasis until you stand and watch them play in front of 70,000 people in England, especially mm-hmm. in England. I mean, you know, and that's when, I that was the day I met Noel, actually. I don't know if we can jump around to this now or whatever, friendly. but... Um, yeah, I actually met Noel at was it the what's the one near uh, London? A uh, reading or yeah, reading, reading festival.
3: That or um, Chelmsford. What was that V festival? Was in Chelmsford
2: or maybe it could have been V. You're right. I don't remember. I can sure it'll be on Google or something. But. Um, we were playing, you know, a pretty good slot. I think we were like maybe five or six PM, maybe something like that. And Oasis were headlining, so you know, they we they came over and we met each other, and we knew that we were going on tour with them. So they, you know, invited us up on the stage to watch, and man, it was just like, you know, I mean, it's one of it was one of the greatest sort of like the most fun nights that i can remember from all the fun nights and there were many of them <laughs> in jet like uh but yeah just watching you know in england they all know the words and they're all singing it every word for every song it was quite impressive out onto an American and it's a different experience you know Americans want a different show they also don't understand like Liam's you Mm. know what I mean they you know they get
0: all right what's going on tonight
2: and like you know is everybody feeling all right like you know kind of it's more showman showman and stuff like you know and and then Liam's like there with his hands behind his back kind of you know and doing his thing and he's like he does it so well um, but it was definitely a different experience watching them in America as to seeing them play in front of their own people. Like, um, yeah, good times.
3: I was going to say the way that they present themselves or the way they are, you know, it is pretty much a, a direct straight line from offstage to onstage, you know. There's no, like, show persona. Right. The, the, the persona is, is constant. It, it doesn't change from stage to uh, offstage to interview. It's the, it's the fucking same thing. Which is cool, which I think just plays in that northern no-nonsense thing, you know. They're not sort of thespians, you know what I mean? They're not like putting on like a you know, I love David Bowie and I love you know people being creative and all that, but that's not them, you know what I mean? They do something else. So they're uh, not pretentious.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: No, no. <laughs> they're, um, they're not pretentious. But like, um, you know,
2: at the same time, like you said earlier, you know, it's so, you know, so, so witty kind of thing. Like, I mean, God, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I can, I can say that like, uh, oh God, you know, do you remember that one night where the truck went missing, Cam?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was one of those things that was a disaster, but you're enjoying the disaster as it's happening.
2: It's probably my favourite story, but who? I don't know where to, how to tell it because you like the the punchline at the end. I wasn't there for it. You were there. Remember when you were like, "Wow, the like the guitars." Remember? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: don't know if I was there because I'm listening. Like I'm, I don't want to blow in the whole thing, man. I'm not, I'm not like. <laughs> no, no, no. So
2: I'll tell it, and then I'll handball it to you
3: at the end. And I'll fuck it up. That's <laughs> okay, cool.
2: No, 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 no. You won't. You won't. You you remember right? Like. <laughs> The truck, babe, that was empty. I remember I the that. truck.
3: So anyway, that the, it was Katrina, right?
2: Yeah. Well, no, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. you, you got to go further back because the night before, I fucking went AWOL for some reason and left and went to New York and then, uh, and then made it back in time. I don't even know why. It was a weird night. I got back in time for the show, but I kind of really didn't want to play because I was like, I hadn't slept in 48 hours. And I was like, it was a real big one. And uh, but, you know, I got to the thing and then there was all this commotion and it turns out one of Oasis's, what they call backline trucks, had gone missing. Now, the backline truck is the, is the truck that has all of the guitars and the microphones, like all the important stuff for the stage. right? The stuff, all the other stuff is rigging and whatever. So they couldn't even make an announcement to the crowd with a microphone. There's 20,000 of them gathered on the hill. And I was there, just like thinking, "Oh God, please, it's called off." And the crowd were out there getting mad because they thought, "Oh, great, Oasis have done it again. They're just not going to turn up." So, oh, yeah. so, but th- that wasn't the case. Uh, the actual reason that the yeah the backline truck had turned around because um, it was hurricane season, and the truck driver was worried that his wife was going to be caught up in it. So he just instinctively just turned the truck around and started heading to New Orleans. The truck, and they Baltimore. were told...
3: <laughs> Baltimore to New Orleans is, like, fucking thousands of kilometres, right? So yeah, I don't know how he thought he was going to get there in time. But he was
2: obviously I just lost his mind, mind.
3: <clears throat> you
2: know. Lost his mind and started headed in the opposite direction. And they had all Noel's guitars on it, like the, the ones that he wrote all of his big hits on and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so, Liam, I've got to say about Oasis, Like Liam, uh, and well, the the whole band, but uh, you know, for a guy like Liam who's had so much success, you know, to see how eager he is to fucking get on stage every night and play was really like a big deal to me. I was, it was, it was really impressive. So he was waiting down by the truck bays, right? Like there's ten or so trucks on the tour, and then the last truck was missing. And we're all just sitting there, we're like, what's going on? Blah blah. Liam was standing by the empty truck bay just waiting for the truck, waiting there, pacing around with like you know, a couple of other guys in the band. And Cam was there. So Cam goes up to Liam, right? <laughs> Maybe you can tell him the rest.
0: I mean, did Do I say, oh fuck,
3: I hear that Noel's like 40, 50000 pound guitars on the truck. And he goes, Oh, fuck that, you know, my tambourines on there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he goes, yeah he's like fuck that what about my tambourines Sing my tambourine
3: my $40 tambourine <laughs> yeah.
2: the wow. birthday party was a lot of fun too the Colorado Red Rocks show where things go a little crazy afterwards in fact if you look in the gatefold of uh one of their documentaries I think it's called <laughs> don't stop the clock so you can see all the culprits in there and there are some pretty good culprits. Uh, because we did that to a Kasabian as well. So you can just imagine what was going on. <laughs> was, yeah. I was um, going to ask. Party on wheels, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because that's Lord, don't slow me down. You're close. Yeah. Um but um oh
3: yeah
1: yeah and it was a de- and there's a documentary as well and and uh yeah that they made a video of it and so yeah they you do have bits of that birthday party on the it did it looked like a lot of fun i'll just say that
3: kasabian were there and uh us and a couple of low people who sort of come like other bands that we toured with or they had and they sort of came in from everywhere and yeah they probably they got a lot of footage of the whole thing right
2: yeah yeah, they were there all the time. We had we actually had this one uh we at the Holy after our Hollywood Bowl show, um, well, two funny things happened, but the but I, I said to Noel at one point, I was like, Why don't you all come back to my house for a drink after the show? And he was like, Oh, fucking great. And I kind of didn't really expect him to say yes, but he was like, Yeah, let's do it. So we went all back to my house and had a crazy party. And I don't know if you remember that, Cam, but like the neighbors were flashing lights on the thing. And there were just so many people there. Everybody was like, That mean the
3: cop, the cop got super aggressive.
2: The cop got really aggressive with me, threw me up against a tree. I don't, don't even funny. know why. I, I, I don't even know why I opened the door. I mean, like, I didn't know that Lord, like, if I, I just opened it a crack and he just stomped on it with his boot and poof, straight into me against the tree. And he held me up, and he's like, who, "Who? Who said go fuck yourself?" To the cops, like this, because I, because I had thought that it was my neighbours shining their flashlights inside, but it was actually the cops. And I was like, "Fuck off! I know where you live." And and but it turns out they were LAPD. So anyway, um, everybody scattered, uh, and uh, the next day we were in, I think, San Francisco, and Liam came up and was like. To the uh, the film crew was like because everyone was talking about how much fun they had at the party, and uh, and Liam was he had missed it because he had a cold or something, and he was saying to like the video crew, he's like, you can't just like edit me in, can you? You can't just like you know beam me into the shot, like like superimpose me into the party or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty not, funny, but um yeah, not like, have been involved after. He, he, he was so bummed that he'd missed a rager that he was trying to get himself superimposed into the party. <laughs>
1: With that tour I mean like how that is a a pretty great lineup I mean I know you said it's like American crowd so it's not going to be like as nuts but you know to just be part of that team but then I just would say how did that compare to like the, the shows you've done with like the Rolling Stones for instance who are you know who you've done a lot of shows
0: with?
3: I think that um, the the difference, like I think Chris touched on it earlier, where it was like, you know, did Liam and Noel? Oh, you touched on it. You're saying, oh, Liam will eat between these hours, and and then Noel will, and you know, so super organised. Uh, it wasn't, you know, what I mean. But the Stones was like that, you know, what I mean. So everything in the Stones is very much like to the clock, and they've got these long-standing traditions slash rules, you know. But they were they were friendly enough, but you're definitely locked into a lane. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're playing with the Stones, here you are, this is your spot. You get like, at one point, you get like 10 minutes hanging with them and you get a photo at the end or whatever. Yeah, you it's know. like
2: Disneyland. It's like going to Disneyland or something, but Oasis yeah, is treated as more like peers, really. Than it's just like, loose, you
3: know. you know, like not loose with Oasis. It's just like a normal gig, like, you know, like as in you wander around, you're part of, no one's being um, too precious, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just more normal with Oasis, you know what I mean? just how how it should be except for that
2: except for that night after the Madison Square Garden show. Remember when we went to Lucky Strike and everyone was stage diving off that bar? There was only like maybe 40 people in there. But like um I think I had a cold cold and they
3: superimposed me in
2: after (laughs) (laughs) no it was just it, it was a bit well basically we just turned up after the show and Noel went over to the DJ booth and was like do you mind if I DJ? And the guy was like, be my guest. And so Noel just started playing all his favorite songs, super loud, everybody, like it was a huge party. Things got wild, yeah. But I mean, that was kind of pretty typical for that tour. You know, everybody was having fun. Everyone was having a good time.
0: Your kids don't need money when
2: you look like that, do you, Well, sure, we talked about it a little bit. I'll just say, um, yeah, mystic nights of amnesia is um, going to be coming out in the next few months. Um, we're working with the record label um, out of London actually. And, uh, and we sort of I mean I don't like we, we want to uh, we want to sort of put out our second EP almost immediately after the first one, but we still haven't really sort of talked about you know or planned that through, but there's definitely going to be a release in about three months. I'm super excited about it. It's like uh, if you know jet then uh, you know don't be expecting that because it's definitely <laughs> not that. Um, it's quite sort of, uh, benign in a fun like in a in a in a in a good way uh like a lot of tennessee influences and uh eagles and like it's it's a lot of fun to make it i probably had a little bit too much fun while i was making it um but uh the but it's st- it stood up and like uh you know we did it all analog and um a good friend of mine jason hill uh mixed it and produced it. He's sort of, he does a lot of like um, music for David Finchin now, who's, you know, the director, you know, Mindhunter and Seven and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Anyway, so I'm really happy with it. Super stoked. Really glad it's finally coming out. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm sort of working on right now. I'm, I'm actually in the desert. I don't know look if you can see out the window, but it's my buddy Aaron's house. He's built a studio here. So we, uh, we come out here to work on Mystic Night stuff. Brilliant. Um,
1: very cool. And and you've, and uh, got something else happening as well. Yeah. Zoonotics, Cam.
3: Yeah. Well, it's a group I've been putting together since sort of just before lockdown, like when we went through them last year and I've been writing stuff and, and then, uh, Jet was taking a break. So I was like, I'll just go towards, um, Starting starting a whole new group, you know, getting people together, doing the whole thing, and um, and yeah, it's been cool. Like lockdown was strangely, although I was going absolutely insane. I've got three kids, and there was homeschooling going on. I still managed to bang out that you know, fifteen tracks, uh, just recording by myself. So it's it's yeah, it was incredible. It was almost it always worked for me. This hot hot house, I don't know what you call it, sort of like sweatshop. Thing where I had the kids going crazy around me and I would just sort of be able to like just sort of focus I was on the kitchen table and you can hear in all the demos like the kids yeah. swirling oh, in the funny. Really I good. left it in I left it in but uh, <laughs> but um, and now I'm recording them for real up uh, in a studio here near Melbourne and you know they're sounding f- they're sounding fucking great like I'm really happy with people it was kind of like going back into the studio again uh, and you know, sort of nervous because I hadn't worked with the producer and stuff, but he just he's sort of it's been a relationship just sprung up straight away. You know, and I'm super happy, I'm going to see on more of them next week, and then we're going to start up in May again. Um, <laughs> there's one a, of them now, it's by Drama Pete. He, he, <laughs> he's uh, still he's, uh, come he's
0: hello? Hello. hello. <laughs> Let me, I've been getting this feeling But it's nothing I can put a finger on Let I haven't quite been myself Sleeping like strange
2: I miss like being out playing real shows, you know, it's quite like, I love the chaos, probably not so much. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Cam, but like uh, I, I do like it. And there is a certain kind of controlled chaos and about it. And and that is that it's quite repetitive. So if you've got the kind of mind that like takes flight a lot, or that just like you forget to do stuff or, you know, you like, you can't finish a song because you get so excited about the verse that you start writing a new song, which is me um touring is really good for that because it's like although it is chaotic and crazy and fun it's also quite structured you know you get up your sound check is at two o'clock and then your show is at blah 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 and then afterwards you have you know you can chill and then you get on the bus you go to the next town then you do it all again and so there's something like quite you know rhythmic that i really miss about it you know Mm. um proper touring i mean we haven't really we, we've just sort of done a few festivals here and there we haven't really committed to anything but yeah
1: hmm. any plans well i was going to say um i've got a few questions from uh listeners i put it out there uh, that i was talking to you guys so we've had um victor Poor said uh any plans for a new jet album or tour uh, and also what's your relationship with the vines after touring them uh with them in 2004 are you going to do joint shows again like into 2018
3: Uh, so the first one. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to say it. We can take the first question. Uh, no, no plans at this point. Obviously, the world is being the way it is as well. I mean, you know, you know, why would you try and book a, a tour? Uh, but um, you know, although hats off to people who are man. I, I've got that many tickets to shows that they just keep being postponed. You know, so now mm. like. Um, you like so, so,
2: you're, you're like Fletch. You know when you like open your wallet and all the fucking IDs come out. Like you. Yeah.
3: Just yeah. Got right. Um, so, so, yeah. Like, so your so.
2: '80s movie uh, j- reference there. Sorry about that. Yeah.
3: So no, no plans at this point for Jet. Uh, I think was, we're kind of like deep in working on our own stuff. Like Nick has his solo record. I'm recording. Chris has got you know doing his stuff. So right, not right now. But uh, with the vines, we did actually do a co. We did a show with them. Um, That's Sydney. why I
2: was laughing because, like, what's your relationship like with the vines? The last interaction I remember you
3: had with him was really funny. Yeah, well, he, well, we I, actually we went out with um, Craig, uh, and sort of we're at a pub just in Sydney till about three in the morning drinking after a show with him, and then um, and then the next day. I was carrying like an esky with like, which is like a ice box. I don't know if that's what you guys call it in the UK. I can't remember. But anyway, um, and he kicked it. He he lined up. He just like booted it, and just like bam, you know, all these bottles came out, smashed against the wall. I'm like I'm carrying this fucking thing so that everyone you know could uh, enjoy its contents later after the show. And he he just he just went off on one, and and he's he's kind of like a very um. He, he needs his sleep and stuff. And we'd sort of probably kept him out too late drinking and and, and he he had a bit of a, a reaction to it. And the second, you know, see, so he's just not built for the sort of touring lifestyle and stuff, Craig. He needs, it, it's, it doesn't work for him. But we did do those two shows with him, uh with the band, and they sounded really good. They came out, they were just, this, like, they sounded the same as when we first toured with them. They, they,
2: they actually, like, I felt like they had quite like, I, I felt like they had a bit of fire actually. They, you know, because they uh, I'm just going to be honest, they can be like 10 and then if Craig's sort of like not feeling it or whatever, it can be a little bit more shambolic, which is still fun to watch.
0: Mm.
2: But like, you know, when, when, when it's on, it's fucking on. And I thought they were really on at those two screen shows, but I I mean, you know, but yeah, Craig, Craig is Craig's Craig. And like, I I remember when he, he threw a witch's hat, at someone at some point and then also he because they were set up in front of our gear because they played first and at the end of his show he turned around and like swung (laughs) his guitar backwards and it went right through Nick's amp which was like 20 feet away um so uh went right through the speaker cone or whatever so I mean like you know but that's what he that's he's he's really unpredictable um and he's a brilliant songwriter you know I still I still listen to Homesick and, you know, there's a couple others on the second record that I really like as well. I think he's a brilliant songwriter mm. um, and I hope that, you know, I hope, you know, he keeps making music because I, I really, like, I respect him a lot as a songwriter and I and I love the band. They're all super sweet dudes, like, you know, we've known each other for years.
1: Grandpa Batman says, uh, he saw you you guys with Oasis in Detroit, Uh, you were played on heavy rotation on US radio. And Are You Going to Be My Girl was on PlayStation game game soundtracks. Uh, That was a genius marketing idea to reach an audience. Uh, Was that something conceived by your label or management? Um, And what's your thoughts on being on American football game soundtracks? Uh, Are you sports fans?
3: Management definitely chased all those sync stuff. I think that they were ahead of the time in thinking that, you know, record sales are down and music needs to get to the people and how you're going to do it and just do it any way possible. So, you know, now there is just not, no one even blinks an eye, you know, advert, game. There used whatever. to be a
2: stigma about it and then it sort of became like, well, you know, radio, uh, TV ads and films and stuff, it became sort of like
3: the new radio, you know. It's not like everyone's, it's not like they're happy about it. I think by the time um, we released Get Born, our first record, record sales were down 40 to 50% already. So it's not like everyone, all the musicians were real happy about, you know, being on ads and stuff. Yeah, when you've got people writing um, software that just makes it, you know, the the value of music just plummets, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? So, but it was cool, you know, that Madden stuff actually, because it's like, it's not just an advert, it's like people sit there and play those games and they hear those songs and they become quite fond of whatever's on there. I remember like playing old video games. I can't remember which ones like, had songs on them, but I knew those songs, man. Like yeah. back to front, you know, and, and there's a relationship there. So I think like video games. A bit I guess it didn't know. I guess
2: it didn't, guess it didn't know. That's a FIFA one. remember that? I guess yeah, it right, didn't yeah. know. I guess it yeah. didn't know. Who's that? Some like English kind of like um Funny magic. Hall.
3: Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk. I I just knew a lot of, like, punk sort of stuff from West Coast of America and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, like... uh, yeah, that stuff. Like, there were that many people coming up, and it was all about Madden, like that, that too. Like, man, you're
2: in
0: the Madden game.
2: <laughs> yeah, you that never do come funny. up to you and go, Oh my God, you, you, you were strong. I heard it on, on on, the Madden game on MLB. And I'm like, What the fuck? Oh, baseball. You know, like, we didn't, because we don't play baseball. We don't play, and well, basketball is not even really popular. I mean, you know, we have our own kind of football. You're probably aware of it being an Englishman, but uh, the, the rest of the world are not. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, it's footy season now. How are the cats doing? Um, I don't know. I don't really
3: watch footy, but I yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. That's Mark. Sorry. Whoops. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> jet. Wrong
1: jet. <laughs> wrong jet. Person.
3: Um, ask him how he.
1: So this is DJW044. Ask him how he broke his foot kicking a wall in New York. I'm not sure. Ooh, if, Nick. It's well, I. Is that not either of you guys then? I don't, I don't know. Reggie, where, where's, where's the source from, from that story? I've no idea. Uh, ask him how he broke his foot kicking a wall in New York. And neither um, of you going to claim that.
2: Well, I'm not going to claim... I know who it was, but I'm not going to tell you who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Do? I'm sorry. I don't want to be a killjoy, but, you know, it's like it's part of the code. And I don't... Uh, I don't particularly Sorry. know if, I don't particularly know if this person would be super <laughs> impressed if I just started yapping about it. About kicking the wall. The wall, you know, a, all the names
3: have been changed to protect the technique. So. Okay, mm.
2: let's just say wall, let's call it. The wall soon. Let's, let's give him a name. <laughs> I don't
3: remember. Let's,
2: let's just say that oh, Eric. Boring. Eric. <laughs> let's just say that Eric was having a very bad day. And Eric went to work and got a phone call from someone else who was very unhappy and having a very bad day. So a wall was kicked and a foot was hurt. The show went on, however, and, yes, it was in New York and it was at Medicine Square Garden, and uh, I remember that particularly being one of the best shows of the tour. I don't know about you, Cam, but I had a Felt like we had a really good show and yeah. uh, and an excellent, excellent party afterwards. I think I walked home without a shirt on. Like it was it was quite a ruckus at the bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I didn't think you were there, Cam, because you were kind of like chilling on that tour. You were reading books and stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah I was catching up on some reading. Um, but uh, that's funny as a sort of level of party. Like what level <laughs> of success? Like walks home without shirt on pretty good that, you know without walking that, with
2: that, that, that shirt I was like 10 although my dad once came home from a party with literally nothing on and just knocked on the <laughs> door of my house and my mama opened the door and he was just standing there naked and he was like just doing this face and uh, yeah that's, <laughs> that, that's a kind of that's, that's, that's folklore from like from my childhood I heard about that story but I'm, I'm not sure if I quite believe but I kind of do as well I could see my dad having a few too many like margaritas and like coming home with no clothes on I can probably see that and my mom just being utterly confused but anyway um yeah definitely I can tell you also another um I had another really interesting conversation with somebody about aliens on that tour Um, let's not get into that it's a little bit out there I think you'd want to be on acid or
1: mushrooms to understand Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, let's I'll, I'll leave this as the last question then, because we always do tend to end it with, uh, as I drop clips in throughout, uh, we'll tend to end it with the, the sort of favorite Oasis or Gallagher related track from the guests and uh, Cloudburst or at lightning Sort Score shock says, what's the favorite uh, Oasis song album? Uh, plus also what's the favorite Oasis B-side? So either your favorite Oasis song or B-side, and then we'll drop that in. And If you tell us why you like it particularly, and then we'll drop it in at the end. Okay, wait, the master plan were
2: all B-sides, right? Yeah. So what was the big one off that that was... I, I'm not as familiar with the B-sides, but I know that huge song was at free to be whatever I, which was <laughs> back. Monty Python, dance, right? Yes. Well, uh, so no, that's, that's yeah, whatever. Yeah. That
1: was a, you that was like, an you, a song. You can cut this part out of it, by the way. Oh, no, we'll definitely include that. One. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, the big one on the master plan is probably Acquiesce, because we
0: need
2: each other. Oh, yeah, because we
0: need each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, well, I'll say my favourite uh, B-side is Acquiesce probably, um, like, a, like a lot of people. It feels, it's such a massive song that it feels like it could have been on Morning Glory. Um, and uh, it's standalone, like classic, really. Like, I mean, I love it as much as I love all of their songs. But I'm going to say my favourite all-time Oasis track is probably Live Forever. There's something like, there's something special about that song that is just, uh, I don't know, maybe... I don't know what the word to describe it would be, but uh, it it definitely sort of gives me a feeling that I don't get from any other song, Um, and to watch them sing it to a a massive audience that are singing it back to them is, I mean, I don't want to sound cheesy, but yeah, it is, it's an experience, you know, it's like, uh, it definitely like makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. then to have them walk off stage and be the same people they are on stage which is like funny full of life and like you know i would say that liam kind of almost expects everyone to be as excited as he is about everything which is like you know what i mean like, like he's always on 10 so he's like you have to be on 10 or else like i can't use it you know what i mean like that's sort of his energy which is really like you know it's quite brilliant you know it's fun to be around and uh and uh yeah so i'm gonna say hmm, live forever is my favorite and acquiesce is my b-side
1: brilliant cam what we got
3: and okay uh so live forever is definitely holds that spot for me but i think because of the tour and the the song lila what it meant throughout that tour for me you know i was definitely probably my favorite track off the record i think it was the first single but um yeah, yeah. It just that, just the the melody rolling along, the sort of the sort of ringing sort of sound of the guitar, you know, the way that that just sort of went through the whole thing. It was, um, yeah, I really like that tune, and uh, it was definitely something that I got up for every 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 night, you know. It uh, it was it was cool, and uh, the B-side, I don't know, it's not Oasis. It's, it's like it's when Liam sang with Death in Vegas. Scorpio so
2: rising Oh, that's Scorpio yeah. rising track that was sick when you kiss the base of my spine yeah
3: yeah so that's got a real I like, like sort of 60s garage so or maybe psychedelic more to be honest uh psychedelic thing which uh he just taps right into and his voice just like it's just it's 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 it's, it's Liam at 10 you know what I mean it sounds fantastic um I'm
2: 10 out of 10 all night I love that like what's that song um, on Don't Believe the Truth coe- meaning of soul <laughs> yeah I love that song I mean like Cam said I mean I've got you know a real soft spot for Don't Believe the Truth because that was the one we that they were touring when we were with them so like Cam said every night you know what's the one come on baby um, let there be love about, let there be love let
0: there be love oh yeah They yeah.
2: didn't really play it really much on that tour if at all
0: actually when you kiss the face of my spine make my body into your shrine you give me this feeling deep inside one that i cannot
1: so where can the, where can the kids find you online where should they look out for your stuff
3: um i'm uh cam underscore muncie m-u-n-c-e-y on insta so come join man and um yeah i just like i'm putting updates on there about what's happening with zoonotics I'm still sort of mid recording recorded about eight, nine tracks. So, but you know, keep on it. We'll, we'll be releasing sometime, hopefully the end of the year. Oh,
2: I was going to say uh, my, well, shit, let me see what my thing is. My Instagram is, are you, Oh, it's just Chris Sester. So C H R I S C E S T E R. But fuck that go to the mystic nights of amnesia page because, uh, we've started using that one a lot and there's a release on the way and uh it's just fucking cool so mystic knights of amnesia one word so you know i mean you probably have to have an education if you want to type it into your um search window
1: well that would all be linked below but um yeah gentlemen it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for your time and uh, yeah we'll see you again soon
3: cheers man thanks
1: so I hope you guys enjoyed that you know, I really really had such a fun time speaking to them as you can hear there you can just imagine me with a massive smile on my face as they're sort of going back and forth sort of swapping memories and stuff I absolutely loved it uh, and I've been in touch with them since uh, just direct messages and things and they're just cool guys just so cool um, amazing do make sure you're following them on those Instagram pages and also why don't you just give them a shout and let them know you heard them on the Oasis podcast uh, you know, I, I know that's always really appreciated when people do that but anyway, let's uh, let's finish up. So what do I normally say? I say thank you very much for listening to the Oasis podcast. And most of all, thanks go to our patrons. You put your money where your mouth is, and it's greatly appreciated. Um, just to clarify, the Patreon, uh, a lot of people do Patreon, including Matt Morgan. Uh, it starts at £5 a month. Um I just don't think that's right. I think you you do it from a pound a month. If someone, you know, a lot of people, five pounds, a lot of money, you know, that's that's sort of as much as a channel subscription on on a TV or as much as like, you know, there's quite a lot to people. So that just feels too much to me. If someone wants to pay five pounds a month, that's absolutely brilliant and greatly appreciated. But one pound a month is absolutely fine. So if you'd like to support the show and you appreciate what I do, from £1 a month you can go there, you can sign up and there's access to loads of other stuff over there, bonus episodes the episodes go up early uh, ex- the exclusive Discord channel which has been really good fun so yeah, if you want to sign up then head over there and do that. Do please subscribe on the different podcatchers uh, you can always email me oasispod at gmail.com follow on the social media Instagram is oasispod and Facebook and Twitter is at oasispodcast and just a reminder, you can get the uh, three episodes I've done so far on Borough House Radio. They're all on Patreon and they're all on the uh, Mix Cloud of Borough House Radio. So you can go and listen to those. They're really good. All right, that'll do it for today, as ever. Thank you for listening. Stay in touch, stay engaged, and stay young.